Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, so he plays your, like, adopted brother. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And you, you said it's Kevin Hart? Wow. Hey, listen, The Rock, I just started recording on my podcast. No, 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 it's, it's okay. Yeah, I'll give you a call in about, I'll be done probably an hour, hour and a half. Uh-huh. Okay. All right, good night, The Rock. Oh, love you too. Okay. All right, bye. <laughs> that was The Rock. He is doing a new movie with Kevin Hart, where he's like his, his partner. Welcome to the Consolo podcast. My name is Sam. This is Stu with me on his, on his fancy couch. We got to start this off with some bad news, unfortunately. Our sponsor dropped us. I don't know what happened. They emailed me and they're like, hey, we don't, we're going to go with someone else another direction. So that's, that was kind of a bummer. But the good news is we got another sponsor like a couple hours after. So that's really cool. So keeping this podcast afloat with the sponsor. So thank you very much to our sponsor. Real quick, uh, we started recording last night. Today is Thursday. It's late Thursday night. We started recording last night, Wednesday, and I set up the camera. I got Stu situated, got the mic, got the green screen, put the computer on the floor. Everything went as usual. And then I don't know what happened, but I just, I wasn't in the mood and we stopped. And I think what happened was I got, I didn't get nervous, but I got kind of like, I got a little more self-conscious than I normally am because we announced that we have a podcast and a whole bunch of people were, they listened to it, which is great, but they were like, yeah, we loved it. Oh, keep going. And then I was like, oh shit, <laughs> I have to keep going. Like a couple of the videos got over 50 views and when I think about 50 views for something I imagine 50 people watching because that's what's happening and that can freak me out sometimes like the more I think about that the the more I get freaked out like I have I think like 14,000 followers on Instagram and that's insane that's like a stadium full of people and I know that all of them aren't always watching me or maybe, you know, some of them are bots or whatever, but even if half of them are real, that's 7,000 people. And I try not to think about that stuff because I hate public speaking. I don't, I'm an introvert. I love being by myself. But when I think about that, it gets overwhelming. And, and I don't, I don't mean for it to sound like a negative thing. It's a positive thing because I'm, I'm trying to get out of my comfort zone and doing this podcast, this has been really fun for me, but it's been a challenge because I'm not used to doing this format. I'm not used to having a, a co-host here and I'm not used to the, the, the microphone. This is all new to me. This pop, no, this is the pop filter. This is a windscreen. I like learned about the windscreen last week apparently it's supposed to stop you from like if if you're saying like p sounds or s sounds it gets really like p -p -s -s. so this this helps with that and i'm just like i'm still learning i'm learning as i'm going and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge and i hope that i get the hang of this by episode 10 15 20 but it's it's a lot of fun like i said it's just it's new and when you do new things, sometimes, it, it, you know, sometimes, sometimes it gets a little scary. Just real quick, in the last episode, I made a comment about not getting the sound right. And I had to like, I had to redo the episode. And then in that episode, I was like, yeah, but I fixed it. And I lied. I didn't fix it. I thought I fixed it. And then what happened was I put it into the computer 
and I had the same problem happen and I stressed out. The reason I stressed out so much is because I made the announcement that the podcast was out and that I had a new episode dropping on January 1st and the sound wasn't working. I was desperate, so I posted on Twitter, hey, whoever can help me fix this problem, I will Venmo you $50. I also posted on my Instagram story, so John, John, Tom, Bryant, and Morrow, if you're listening, thank you gentlemen for helping me out. Unfortunately, I couldn't figure it out and I had to go a whole separate route that took me a long, long time, but I got it done. Very, very special thanks to Dave Chensky. Dave asked me for my number and he called me. He talked to me for a half hour trying to figure this out. And then I was like, I can't, I can't figure it out. Let me pay you the $50 anyway. And he was like, no, 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 just, just, you know, you could talk about my, my account. So go follow him on TikTok. He sounds like Harold Ramis. He sounds exactly like Harold Ramis. I was in Los Feliz at an Albertsons grocery store and I saw a dad there with his kids and everyone had blue face paint. They had blue all over their bodies. And that's when I realized, I think I've seen for the first time. He has such a beautiful voice and his content is basically what I want this podcast to be. He posts these great skits, he delivers the news in an unbiased and funny manner. He talks about like technology. He's a very smart guy. He talks about film a lot. And then, like I said, he sounds like Harold Ramis. Like go, if you go to his TikTok, you'll, if, if you close your eyes, he doesn't look like Harold, but he sounds exactly like Harold Ramis. Just a beautiful, beautiful voice. So thank you very much, Dave. Um, if you're listening, it's Dave Chensky. Dave, C-H-E-N-S-K-Y is his TikTok. And if you're uh, watching this, I, I'll put a, little, put a little post there at the bottom. A Feliz Navidad. <laughs> anyway, going back to the, to the launch of the podcast, I, I was so overwhelmed with everybody saying such nice things, especially since I... I I really, the first couple of episodes were, were a tough, tough listen. The first episode, I don't know if I mentioned that before, but I recorded the whole thing on my phone and the mic wasn't, it wasn't connected to the computer. So I was, I was talking into the mic and just using my phone, it was like five feet away from me and that's what the volume, whatever, it was just a bad time. And I appreciate everybody that was like, I love that you're just you and a couple of people asked if I have, they didn't mean it in a bad way. They just were like, do you have ADHD, Sam? And to this I say, probably. The thing is, so here's the thing. I, I my brain, I check all the check boxes for ADHD, I think. I, and I like growing up, you think ADHD like, oh, hyper, hyper. But that's not what it is. It's it's like disorganized thoughts and just not being able to like just fucking focus. And that's that's been that's how I operate. That's how I went through college. It took me nine years, but that's how I went through college. I feel like if I had medication, I would have got done sooner. But I I think about that sometimes. I'm like I think I I think I have I think I have ADHD. And when other people pointed it out, because. In my other videos, it's like I'm doing really short skits or the, the, the main YouTube channel, I have like, I sit down and I kind of have an idea of what I'm gonna talk about. But with the podcast where I'm just able to roam free, that's when I think my ADHD 
shines. And the fact that more than one person noticed it, it's a little telling. But I, I wasn't offended. It just, that might just be what is happening with me. And the reason that I don't want to go see a doctor is because I'm so used to this. This is how I am. And I feel like if I went to a doctor and, you know, right away they're like, yeah, you have, you have ADHD. Here's some medication. And if it changed me, it would really, it would really mess me up. And, I, and I, I know that it would be beneficial for me because I'd be able to focus and everything, but I think that, would, that, would, that, that idea actually that scares me. And I'm sure that's a common thing for a lot of people that get diagnosed with ADHD. And I'm sure there's like a pamphlet for like, whoa, you've been diagnosed and it's going to change your life. You scared? And yeah, I, I, I would be. And, and I don't want to, I don't want to lose, I don't want to lose Sam. I'm just kidding. That would be great. It, it, it's it's just that I'm so I'm so used to this and when I get used to something and then something better happens I I get uncomfortable being in a better situation if that makes sense perfect example here this is gonna be a really depressing thing for me to say but this is just the truth I owned a 1994 Jeep Cherokee from 2005 to 2018. That was 13 years I had this car and I would still have it to this day if it didn't blow up on the freeway. So it was a 94 and it had it had power locks but I had to push the thing on the door. I didn't have a little clicker for it. So I was just always used to pushing the little thing, the button down to lock my doors. That's what I did for 13 years and I just, that's, that's how I locked my car. And after my Jeep blew up, I got, I got a, I upgraded. I got a 96 Jeep Cherokee. It was almost the same exact car. I didn't want, I'm going to drive these cars until I die because I just love, I fit in them perfectly. It's the perfect height. See, my ADHD is just shining right now. Anyway, I bought the 96 Cherokee and it came with the key, the unlock lock button thing, the little mechanism so I could do it from a distance. And I felt like a prince with that. I, I, I mean, I've obviously I've, I've seen them before. It's not like it was a new concept for me, but to own this thing that was, it made my life a little easier. I, I felt like, whoa, this is so awesome. And I would, <laughs> I would show off to my friends like, hey, Mike, check it out. Look, I can unlock it. And he's like, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. That's the normal thing. But I, I, I'm not, I wasn't used to it. I was so used to the the unlocking with my with my hand with the door. So the whole point of that is that I feel like it's the perfect metaphor for how I feel about getting medication. That's if I have ADHD. I might go to the doctor and he might be like, "You're you're crazy. You you're just a goofy guy. That's all. You're just a goof. You're goofing. You're not you don't have the ADHD. You're just goofy. Go be goofy, Sam." It does suck sometimes though because I'll I'll notice things that I wish I could change. I don't, I don't want to talk about some things that, that my brain does. And, uh, it's, I've done it since for a long time back since like high school and there it's, I, I don't know. It's just something that I feel like I've been able to handle, like to cope with. It's just how I am. I just chalk everything up to, that's just how I am. And it, it hasn't, it hasn't been, it, it hasn't interfered with my life to the point where I can't function. I'm barely functioning, and but that's still functioning to me. 
Moving on, I had a dream the other night that I got stabbed and I died. And I want to talk about death today for a little bit. I'm going to try, this is, this is going to be, I'm going to try to not make this too dark, but I'm also not going to make it haha funny death. I had this dream on New Year's night, like the 31st when I went to sleep and I at some point, I had this terrible dream. I was walking out to my... By the way, I hate when people are trying to explain a dream, so I'll make it real quick. I was walking out to my car, and it was against this building in, like, an alley. It was a really bad area, and I was walking out. I was I was with somebody. I don't know who they were, but we were walking to the car, and I looked over to my left, and I saw this little, like, Toyota Camry, and the door was open, and there was a gentleman bent over like he was trying to get something out of the passenger seat, but he was in, like, the driver's seat. He was fully bent over, and I kind of looked over, and I was like, I'm getting, I'm getting a kind of a bad vibe here. I don't know why, but I am, but whatever. And I kept walking over to my car and then whoever I was with yelled, Sam. And I turned around and this guy, he was already full speed at me with a knife and there was nothing I could do. I couldn't even, I didn't like have time to freeze and I didn't have any room to run anywhere. I just turned around, saw him coming at me and immediately thought, oh, I'm, this is how I die. Oh, great. This sucks. Crap! He got me four or five times in the chest and I felt, I felt great. I felt at ease for some reason. I just kind of like floated back and I, and that was it for me. And I woke up and I felt, I felt this weird, I was, you know, I was freaked out. It was a nightmare, but I was also like, oh, that's, it's just, it's over. And then that's it. Cool. So then the next day or the day after I was on, I was on the TikTok and as usual, once, when you think about something, TikTok always shows you something related to it somehow. And sure enough, there was a video of Stan Lee talking about death with Bernie, no, not Bernie Sanders, uh, uh, Larry's, uh, uh, Larry King. I don't know why, just old white guys. Larry King, he was on Larry King and for some reason I saw that TikTok and he asked him, what do, what do you think happens when you die? And Stan said, I, I don't think anything happens. I think, I think we just kind of, it just ends. And I, I kind of have, I've always had that kind of same feeling. And, uh, and I'm always, I'm always curious what people think about death, especially with my friends who have, you know, they have different upbringings obviously and and different things they believe in and it, it it I feel like when you have like a family like if you have kids it might change what you think about the afterlife and I don't know it's just a very interesting concept because we don't know and a lot of people who go into comas or they have near death experiences they can they can say what they thought they saw or they felt but those are just their ideas and those are all different as well. It's not like everybody who goes into a coma is like, oh yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, it's definitely, it's a big building. It's a big blue building because if it was a specific thing, then everybody would be in agreement. But a lot of people, they say, oh yeah, I felt like I was floating and it was like, it was like my soul, it was an aura. And then other people are like, yeah, there was nothing. It was, <laughs> there was just blackness. And you could interpret that as like, oh, this person's going to go to hell when they die. Or you could interpret it as nothing happens. 
And so it's it's an, it's a very interesting discussion, and uh, and I wanted to talk about that for a little bit today. My whole philosophy in life is to just be good. That's it. Try to be as good as you can be. Just try to be nice and good. Don't kill people. Don't be like you can be mean every now and then it happens we're human but don't go out of your way to just be a bad person and I feel like a lot of people know they're bad people but they don't care they they excuse it with some bullshit oh this is I this is how I was raised I was like you can change you can always change and you can always be a good person and I think whether you believe in something or not it 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 doesn't change the outcome. Like if you're a good person in life and, and you don't believe in the afterlife, when you die, I don't think that you go to hell just because you didn't believe in the afterlife. I, I feel like whether or not you believed in it, the outcome wouldn't change. It's either you are going into the afterlife or you're not. Whether you believed it or not, it's it's totally irrelevant. Like, you can go through life thinking that chicken parmesan is really good. And then when you die and you get to the pearly gates, St. Peter could be like, Oh, you like, you like chicken parmesan, huh? Yeah, well, guess what? That's the devil's food. You're going to hell. That's the worst. Nobody likes that up here. You're going to hell. And it's like, oh, well, I, I spent my time on earth thinking that chicken parmesan was actually really good. And it's like... Whether you believed it was good or not, it didn't matter because when you got to that place in the afterlife, this is how it goes. Speaking of the afterlife, hey Stu, you know what would send me into the afterlife right now? Is if we got a new microwave. Hey, if you want to get a new microwave that has all kinds of features like beverage and popcorn and, and appetizers and if you want to reheat it, go to go to get a microwave on microwave.com. Use special promo code CONSOLOPOD. You could get 50% off all microwaves. You can, if you want to put, if you want to do uh, like a, do a timer, you could set a timer for it. It's got all the buttons. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, zero, of course. Stop, start, defrost, you name it. You can have a clock on there too. If you want to have the clock settings, just hit that clock setting. And then whatever time it is, you can change the clock to the whatever time it is so that you know what time it is, so that you know what time it is. And then also, if you want to if you want to make popcorn, there you can have popcorn, anything that you want to have hot that you can think of. Just don't put forks in there. Don't put forks in there. Don't put uh tin foil, I think. Styrofoam, maybe? I don't know. You have to read the instructions when you go on to uh, microwaves.com. And then once again, that promo code SAMCON or CONSOLOPOD, 50% uh, off. Tell them Sam and Stu sent you. And they'll deliver the, the microwave to your house or your apartment or wherever. And they might put it in the wall. They might. Oh, and also, I forgot, if they, you have a little fan, if you're cooking and you're like, boy, a lot of smoke here, push the button. And the fan will suck up the smoke. There's not going to be any smoke. Guaranteed. That's 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 on their website. Guaranteed. No smoke. So go over to head over to microwaves.com and get that get a microwave today. So what we were talking about with with uh, heaven and hell, I think that uh, the that the idea of eternity. That's what scares me. Is the idea of something going on forever because it's a concept that. 
I don't think that we can really comprehend as humans. It just doesn't make sense because everything that we know has an end eventually, which is good, which is what is needed. I, I, I think that Doctor Who is still going on. I think that started in like <laughs> 1932 or something. But like, it seems like that's going to... I'm not trashing Doctor Who, by the way. I've never seen it. I, from what I understand, it's a very... It's a great show. People love it. But the thing is, it just keeps... It still... It's going to go on for what we think is forever, but it's eventually going to stop. But when I think about something that just keeps going, The Walking Dead is a better example. When something just keeps going, it loses its fun. It, like there would be, it, it, things need a conclusion. We need songs to end. We need movies to end. There needs to be a resolution. There needs to be something where we're like, okay, it's over. I enjoyed it or I didn't enjoy it, but for something to just keep going, I feel like we would go insane. I would go insane if there was a heaven and it didn't ever end. And then eventually I would get bored. By the way, this is assuming I even get into heaven or hell. I don't know. Maybe I'm a good boy. I don't know what's going to happen. I feel like I've done okay. Like if I die tonight, I think I... I think, I think, I think I'd, I, I think God would like me. I think, I think God would be like, all right, man. Yeah, you, you can, you can come in. You can come in. But yeah, I just, I feel like things would get stale after a while. And I, as much as like, for example, I love hot wings. I love hot wings. And I feel like if I got to heaven and they said, you can have as many as you want. You don't have to use the bathroom. You'll never get full. We don't, I don't imagine people needing to sleep up there. Why would you sleep? What are you resting for? You're there for, you're there forever. But I feel like in time, eventually, I'd get tired of the wings. You can't just keep having pleasure 24-7 for eternity. That sounds like hell to me. And then the logistics throw me off. By the way, I am not insulting anybody that believes in the afterlife i'm just going off of like i have adhd okay my brain this is what my brain does it overthinks everything and i'm sure a lot of people could easily calm me down and and say no man it's heaven don't don't think about it too much but my brain it won't let me i i it, it can't let me i think about like like babies. Like I have a brother who passed away when he was 14 months old. He died in 1979. He didn't grow up. And if there's a heaven and he, I assume he went there. I don't know what he could have done to go to hell, but he goes to heaven. And then what happens to him? Does he grow to a certain age and then stop? Does he have somebody raise him? Will he recognize my mom and his dad? He was my half-brother, so he has a different dad. Well, like, what, what, ha like, is he gonna lose his baby teeth? Is he gonna learn to ride a bike? There's all these things that, that we do down here on Earth that I, I feel like I don't know how it translates into heaven, but I guess that's what heaven is. It's something that we, that we can't comprehend. It's just... It's, it's something that our brains don't even 
it's our souls up there. And with like dogs, where do the dogs go up to heaven? Is there a separate heaven? Is it like a dog park heaven? And then why do dogs go? Is it because we loved them and we think that they have a soul as well? Because if that's the case, like if you have a pet parakeet and your parakeet dies, does the par and you love the parakeet, does the parakeet go up to heaven? And if so, what about normal parakeets that are just hanging out in pet shops that nobody claimed? And then what I also think about is what happens when there's people up there that we didn't like in life. Is that still heaven? Like, let's do a callback to Andrew Tate. What if Andrew Tate is, he goes to heaven? What if we don't want him up there? We being people that don't think he's a great guy. But there's a lot of people that think he is a great guy, which, you know, whatever. We're, we're gonna have different opinions. But let's say I don't like Andrew Tate, and I go to heaven, and Andrew Tate goes to heaven. Do I... Like, will I know he's up there? Will I ever interact with him? He, like, you know what I mean? And then how big is it? Because if you think about the entire history of, of, of human beings who have died, just the billions, they all die, and then say half of them go to heaven, that is so, that's a big nightclub. And then I always think about how it's laid out. Do we, are we with our families? Can we go ride bikes to, like, when my buddy Mike dies, I'd like to see him. Do I leave my family and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go see Mike and we hang out? Like, just, is it like Earth? Is it like what we do here? Do we just like, oh, I'm going to go. How far does he live? Does he, does he live in a, do, does he have like a house where, where did, again, I don't think he needs to sleep. Oh, my brain, man. <laughs> it's just a fun topic, I think, to explore. Because, like I said, we don't, we don't know. And people that say they know, they're lying. They just, they're, they, you can have a really strong belief. But ultimately, we don't know until it happens. And you can be a really religious person and claim to know and be certain like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to heaven after this. But realistically... We might, there might not be anything. And when I think about going to sleep or being put under, like to have your wisdom teeth pulled and you aren't aware of what's going on, that is what death could be like. You just aren't there. And you don't even know that you're not there to, to miss it, to miss anything. You just aren't aware it's, it's there. I just sat here for like five minutes trying to think of a good analogy for the the idea of not existing and i think i got it, it it's kind of like i'm in an apartment and across the street there's more apartment complexes and those people over there don't exist to me and i don't exist to them and that is how you could almost look at dying or death like they're just not here they're not here in my apartment i'm not here in theirs I don't know what their apartment looks like. They don't know what mine looks like. I hope not. <laughs> but that idea of death just being not there is what's kind of comforting to me. That it's just not, you're just not going to be there one day. And that's okay because things aren't there. And yeah, we just keep going. 
It's kind of ironic that these are my thoughts about dying in the afterlife because I am, I'm a better, I'm getting better at not being such a, a hypochondriac, but I, I was really, really bad probably two or three years ago. I had a, I had a medical scare in August 2018 that, uh, that really, it flipped a, it flipped a switch for me. I just typed some of this out on my iPad so I don't go off on a tangent. But um, I was at work in August 2018. I was on the phone and all of a sudden the left side of my body went numb. And I was like, I couldn't talk to the woman on the phone. I was like, <laughs> and I like, I hung up and I freaked out and I stood up and I was like, okay okay, what is happening to me right now? It was like a surge on, on the left side of my body and it lasted, it probably only lasted like 10 seconds, but it felt like 30 seconds to a minute. And I freaked out and I was like, oh no, don't like this. And not <laughs> not being like, you know, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to be a bird and be like, oh, someone call 911. I was just like, I'm going to get up and go outside and like quietly die. <laughs> I go outside and I walk laps around the parking lot and I was like, okay, Sam, you're okay. You're, you're fine. You're here. Okay. And I had some water and I, I kept doing laps for like 15 minutes and I was like, all right, you're good. And then I went back to my cubicle and I was like, you're just, you're just, you just got like a weird panic attack. That's all that happened. And then I was thinking, no, 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 this is a precursor to something. You're going to keel over in your cubicle and you had the warning sign and you ignored it. So I left, I got into my car, and I drove to the ER. And the whole time I was, I was aware of what was happening. I just had like numbness in my arm and kind of my face was tingling. It got a little better, but it was still, I still noticed it. I called my mom. Hey mom, can you meet me at the ER? Don't ask a bunch of questions right now. Just please meet me there. I get there, I, I, lock, I lock the door with my, with my finger because I didn't have the button yet. I wasn't fancy yet. I go into the hospital and I'm like, I, I don't know what's happening. I just, something is, something's off. The left side of my body is like numb and they have me do all these like, you know, can you raise both arms, close your eyes and raise your arm. It just, it was off. And I got admitted and they did, they did a bunch of scans. I ended up staying for two nights and three days. And we had a family friend who had a relative that worked there and he he helped you know get things moving along really quickly and it's not going to insult him if i say your hospital sucks because it does and i'm sure you know that and it's not anything you can do sir you you you're a great nurse and that's all you can do sometimes you just have a really bad building that you're in and this was a this was a pretty bad building to be in. So I have all these scans and then the neurologist comes in and he's all, he's he looks like he hasn't slept in a long time. He's got his briefcase that's just papers are wadded up and like hanging out of it. He's so disheveled and he looks like he's out of it. He's like, I checked your chart and it looks like you have a cavernous malformation in your brain. Cavernous malformation is from what I understand, it's basically a tiny little hole in your brain that can trigger seizures for the rest of your life. And so that was a fun thing to hear, that I may have had a seizure at work. But then he said, well, it could have also been a TIA, which is a, it's like a mini stroke. And those, fun fact, can come on anytime to anyone 
just you could have one and never have one the rest of your life you can have a bunch of them you can have them without even knowing you had it it could be over like that and you had a little you had a little mini stroke i remember he told my mom and i that like people can just be out hiking and have this this attack and not know they'll just be like oh man ooh ooh feel kind of weird for a second and then they're fine and it kind of resolves itself so have fun with that information. So part of the reason this hospital was terrible is he kind of backtracked and was like, but I'm not 100% sure if the little hole that I was seeing was a, get this, a smudge on the monitor. Hey man, why don't you go back and look at it on another monitor or clean that one? So a fun little side story about this, which relates to healthcare, I ended up having a $40,000 bill for the two nights and three days. And the way that the insurance handled it was they got billed and then Blue Cross ended up reviewing my file and they were like, well, we're going to deny $30,000 of this because a lot of this was outpatient procedure. You didn't have to stay there. So me just being a guy who went to the ER because of an emergency, I was angry and I ended up writing a, oh God, it was like a 20 page letter just detailing everything. And I was like, you guys need to figure this out between the two of you because I was in the ER and I had no control over saying, don't do that to me because I don't need it right now. Like they were saying, I didn't need to have a urine analysis, which is like, what am I going to tell the nurse when she comes in? Hey, uh, are you sure I need that? Like I had no, I had no control over that. And then the way I got discharged was a doctor came in and he was like, Hey Samuel, we're, we're almost ready to get you out of here. We're just waiting for the results of XYZ test. And I was like, okay, that's great news. Can't wait. And then he was like, did you have XYZ test? And I looked at him and I was like, I don't know. Did I? And then he was like, let me go get the nurse. And I'm sitting there in bed. I'm angry. It's been three days. And I was like, how do you come into a patient's room, tell them you're waiting for results from a test, and then ask them if they took that test? What, what were the, what were the results you were waiting for, sir? So I don't know what happened. I don't know if he was so embarrassed that he screwed up or if there was miscommunication, but the nurse ended up coming in like 15 minutes later and was like, okay, Samuel, we're ready to get you out of here. And I was like, okay, whatever. I, I'm good. Let's sign and go. And, uh, and that, and that was it. And just for shits and giggles, here is the exact terminology that the neurologist used in his report, his written report later on. CT scans and MRI reviewed noted cavernous malformation, but could not appreciate my perusal from the ward computers. That's fancy for there was a smudge on the monitor. The whole point of this story is that it awoke this hypochondriac feeling in me because after that I was like wait do I have do I have this hole in my brain do I go 
get another scan. They they asked me to get another scan, but I was like, I don't know if I I don't know if I want to. And then what would it help if I knew I had this thing? There's not anything that you you just kind of you could just kind of deal with it. I, I'm pretty sure you can get a surgery for it, but if it's not anything that has affected me yet, other than that one stroke or whatever I had at work, then I just keep living. So yeah, it made me it made me really nervous about about dying because that was the first time in my life where I was I I mean I was like 32 so I knew I was gonna die but I didn't really think about it until then because when someone comes in and is like you have a thing in your brain that could be bad you immediately you're like oh man I <laughs> whoa I'm gonna die one day and I didn't change my lifestyle much. I run every day and I don't smoke cigarettes and I eat okay. I could eat better. I could always eat better, but I ultimately I'm doing okay. But it opened this gate of there was something wrong with me and it it carried on through 2019. It got really bad uh, just before COVID. Like I was having on my watch, my my heart rate, it would spike up to like 145 beats per minute while I was just sitting on the couch and I've had panic attacks since I was a teenager so I know I know what they're like and this was something that felt different and I I would get so freaked out and I would get up and I would go take walks and then it got really bad and I would ended up I ended up driving to the ER a couple of times I was like I'm I, yeah I'm having this I'm having a heart attack something something is wrong there's something wrong with me this this was a different ER by the way and I ended up going and telling them my my medical history I was like yeah I, I think I have this thing I have this hole in my brain and they did more scans and they were like yeah we don't see anything so hopefully there wasn't anything and that that relieved me of a lot of pressure <laughs> and stress. But while I was there, I remember a doctor coming in and he looked at my fingernails and my toenails and he was like, have you always had clubbed nails? And I was like, I think, I don't, these are my hands. This is how, yeah, I think so. Why, why did you ask that? And they ended up doing a scan of my lungs and then I remember the girl doing the x-ray was like wow you have really long lungs and I was like why'd you say that and I just it was stuff that I didn't need to hear at the hospital apparently if you have clubbed fingernails you are the the odds of you having like lung cancer or something increases I don't know it's something to do with like the blood flow but I have mine are like very it's not noticeable unless you're like really staring at them. Like, I hate to use Jeremy Renner right now because he's going through a lot, but Jeremy Renner, if you Google Jeremy Renner fingers, you'll see he has club fingernails and uh, Mickey Rourke as well. He has uh, club fingernails. I, I guess, you know, I'm in good company. They seem like really nice guys. But it, it kept happening. Like my heart rate kept skyrocketing and I would like, my face would get all like numb and tingly. And I was like, I don't know what this is. There's something wrong with me. And then one of the visits, a doctor said, I may have phenochromocytoma, which is a, it's a tumor that grows on your adrenal gland. 
and it basically like flicks your adrenal gland and it sends you into like fight or flight mode at random and that's he thought that's what was happening and he was so excited he was like yeah i i never get anyone with this but this sounds like this sounds like what it is because it's like it's a really rare medical thing but yeah every time i'd go you know when you go to an er their goal is to if you're not about to die they want to get you out of there because a lot of people go there are they're hypochondriacs and ultimately they want you to see your primary care doctor because unless you're you've been stabbed or there's something really wrong they're just trying they're like all right you're not dying and you can go go see your your primary care. I think it was that time. One of the times my blood pressure was really high. It was it was high every time that I went because I was stressed. <laughs> and and also hypertension it runs in our family. And so one of the times they gave me I can't remember the medication, but they gave me a blood pressure medication and it dropped and it was great and they had me leave, filled a prescription for me. I had enough for like 30 days and they're like, you know, see your primary care, see if you need to be on this medication. But then Mr. Hypochondriac Googled the medication and I saw all the side effects and what people were saying and they're like, yeah, you get this terrible cough. I've had this cough for 50 years. It'll never go away. And I posted something on Instagram. I was like, hey, does anyone know what this is? And I had a couple people say, oh yeah, you're gonna get the blah, blah, blah cough. I can't remember what the name of the medication is, like I said. So I bought a blood pressure the cuff so I could monitor and I was checking my blood pressure every like two hours just making sure and I was I had this long list I was like okay this time it was 135 over 85 okay and then all right no no well I had uh I had spaghetti and I burned my tongue and that stressed me out a, a little bit it just was a whole fucking thing and I just I was getting so wrapped up in it and it just it wasn't good for me and Finally, I just decided, don't pay attention to it, which could be good or bad, because if it's something that I don't need to be really paying attention to, then don't worry about it. But if it's something that is slowly killing me, maybe I should be paying attention to it. But what can I really do about it? Anyway, that was the end of 2019, and then COVID hit, and... I ironically I got I <laughs> I forgot all of that stuff. I wasn't stressed about it. I was stressed about COVID. And I feel like whether you are anti-vax or pro-vax or whatever, whatever you believe in, everyone was stressed about this at one point. And from what I understand, uh what's today the 5th? Yeah, uh apparently just a couple days ago there was a new variant of covid and like what are we gonna uh, if we gotta wear masks again so be it i got i got vaccinated i got the booster i'm okay and it's just it's not something that i i i can't i can't stress about it anymore i'm not saying to you know ignore what's happening it's still happening there's still people that are getting sick and that are that are dying from it and it's just, it's not something that I, I, I can't, I can't be, I can't be thinking about all this stuff again, because that, that will probably kill me. On that note, I think that'll do it for us. 
Uh, I didn't mean for this episode to be a bummer. It probably was mostly a bummer, but you know, sometimes you got to talk about these things and that's okay. It, these are things that people think about and there's not anything wrong with that. We can't be haha funny all the time. We gotta, we can talk about death and being sick and microwaves. We can talk about those things. And, uh, sometimes, sometimes I think we're going to talk about that because that's, that's what was on my brain and I wanted to get it out. So I did. Anyway, thank you again for uh, tuning in, uh, subscribing, watching, whatever you do. Thank you to all the gentlemen that helped me out. Uh, remember, if you need a microwave, you need a microwave, you need to heat food, go on to microwaves.com, get that, get that special microwave. You could get a little microwave, you could get a big microwave, you could put it on top of your refrigerator, you could put it in the wall. You can, uh, you can, there's a little thingy in, inside that spins if you want your food to go around like a little carousel. Um, you know, oh, lights! If you want to have a light on, you can put a light, turn the light on by just pushing a button there. And, uh, oh, and there's a timer as well. If you want to, if you want to figure out like, oh yeah, I want to have, I want to have, I'm just, I'm fucking done, dude. Stu, is there anything you want to add? Really? We'll have to talk about that next week. Um, thank you very much. Remember to use your turn signals. If you're going to make a left or a right turn, let everybody know. And also put your shopping cart back in the cart return when you're done. It's not that hard. And uh, we will see you next week. I need to call the rock back.